Hi everyone, the BookSync podcast is back. We've got tons of new topics for our September episode. First up, let's talk about our month specials. For September, our book of the month was Children of the Quicksands by Efua Chorori. What did you guys think about it? I really like the message behind it of family and community. I really like how it incorporated culture into the plot and um, how, um, how some of the things that happened were really up to date. Also, it's really heartwarming and it makes for a really good short read. Uh, what were your favourite characters? Uh, my favourite character was Simi's grandmother because she was so kind even though she didn't really like her. I liked Simi because she was really brave and adventurous and I just think she was a really nice character. What was your favourite moment in the book? Um, so Simi discovers that there's quicksands in the forest behind her grandmother's house and when she um, when she goes into them she finds out that there's another world which belongs to the legends that her grandmother usually tells her about and I really like that part because it's so vividly described you can really imagine it. Um, I really like the part at the end where where her grandmother's um, where she meets her grandmother's brother and where she brings her friend home. Luna, would you like to tell us some more about May's character of the month? Of course. This month, the character of the month is Frances Frieda Ripley from Storm, the smashing afterlife of Frances Frieda Ripley. If you haven't read it, it's amazing. Emma, could you tell us some more about her? Frankie was born in a storm, so no wonder her temper is so hard to control. In fact, it's her turbulent personality that gets them all killed. In her second life as a poltergeist, guilt, grief and loneliness consumes her thoughts and fuels the anger that is good at throwing stuff around. Frankie finds it hard to trust others, but her passion and determination is a great asset to her friends. Yes, I think it's a lovely book, especially because it shows how important it is to be true to yourself. Remember, if you have any ideas or reviews for the month's specials, contact us by our email, iobooks.inc at gmail.com. Now, moving on to the word of the month. What is this month's word? An adjective. Nudiastergen is of or relating to the day before yesterday. The word originates from Latin and was first used in 1647 by Theodore de la Garde. In a sentence, it would be something like this. That nudiestergian morning, I woke up very early. As well as that, seeing as we have a new blog post all about murder mysteries, what is everyone's favourite and why? I loved Five Little Liars by Amanda K. Morgan because even though it was a murder mystery, there were so many other elements to it. It was really, in- it was a really intense read and I loved it. My favourite murder mystery book is The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon. Even though it focuses more on the child's autism, it has an amazing plot. It helps give you an insight on the life and mind of a child with autism. Even if it isn't in the blog post, I really like As Good As Dead, which is the last one of the A Good Girl's Guide to Murder series, which was released towards the end of the summer, and it has an incredible plot twist that is thrilling and breathtaking. My favourite is A Spoonful of Murder. I loved how it was set in Hong Kong, and the culture there is really part of the plot. It's very different to the rest of the Robin Stevens series, as Hazel starts to come out of her shell. I agree with Luna. That series is probably one of my favourites. 
Last month, we read you all the 12th chapter of our lockdown story, Lockdown and Dandelion Estate. In case you forgot it, head to our website to find out more. Today we will read you the 13th chapter. Lockdown and Dandelion Estate, chapter 13. The days were slipping through their fingers like the marbles they used to race down the stairs in their old house. Nothing was coming out of all the research they did about the house and domestics and Uncle John's unfinished sentence did not help to appease the unrest that was growing in the children, who found it harder and harder to sit down and concentrate on their lessons. These had been made into longer and longer sessions as lockdown progressed, and it was surer and surer that schools would be closed for a long time. Between this, daily chores, walks, family time and occasional homework, Meetings to sort out their mystery case were impossible. The only solution to this were more late-night meetings. After three days of finding no time to organise their facts, this was what they had decided to do, although reluctant at the prospect of staying up very late. The days were exhausting as they were already, and the less sleep they had, the more frustrated they were. Ah, I wish I could have a robot to do this for me, moaned Edward. Same, this is so hard, agreed Laura. What is your lesson on? asked Kate. I can possibly help you. Edward sighed. Balancing these equations, I don't understand anything. The work was also getting harder due to the lack of explanations and the impossibility to ask questions. The days were also getting hotter, which did not help either, and the nights in their bedrooms under the roof were getting so stuffy and hot that it was very difficult to find any small amount of sleep that lurked at Dandelion Estate. The adults, too, seemed to be deprived of sleep. Can we stop now? asked Ivy after three hours of intense work. Her vision had started to blur from having to stare at her sheet of maths problems. I can't take it any more either, declared Michael. I know how to add, but having to do ten pages of additions below a hundred is very annoying. Kate looked up from her papers. I wish we could, but we can't. We're not finished. But we can have a break, right? Sure, but we have a case to uncover, replied Laura. Edward, who had been silent until now, warned. We don't have enough time. We should do that tonight and concentrate on our work first. Everyone sighed and went back to their work. The silence was complete, apart from the occasional grunt or the flipping of pages. Nobody wanted to stay up tonight, but it was the only way. The rest of the day went by both very slowly and very quickly. The dinner was the hardest part as they all sat fidgeting through the endless conversation about the pandemic. Finally, the adults stood up to let the children take everything out to the kitchen. The landy children trudged back and forth from the table to the kitchen, dragging their feet. They were about to sneak upstairs when their mum called up to them. Children, what are you doing? Don't you want to read with us in the living room? No, thank you, called Kate down the stairs. We're very tired and we'd like to go to bed. Before their mother could say anything else, they rushed to the girls' room and set up their meeting. Then they crept into bed, pretended to be asleep and waited for the adults to At 11 o'clock, Edward, who had been keeping close watch on his alarm clock, whispered to Michael, Go and see if the parents are asleep. If they catch you, tell them you had a bad nightmare. Michael nodded and slid out of the room. A few moments later, he joined Edward again and murmured that everyone seemed to be sleeping. The older brother then got out of bed, knocked on the girls' door, and when Ivy opened the door and beckoned them in, gathered around the pin board, which they had previously propped up against the desk. Kate opened their meeting, and Laura read out the notes about the past day's events. She had been writing them down as they had waited for the boys to come in. So, she began, where shall I start? Blake or Uncle John? Blake, decided Kate. Okay, 
Well, we met him down on the way to the living room, and he wasn't wearing his uniform. We later learned from Uncle John that he is retiring after 39 years of service. Our aunt and uncle have given him a cottage, which means they are on good terms with each other. But we also know that he is going to continue work until Uncle John finds another butler. Could that be to continue the blackmail until he gets what until he gets what he wants? No, cried Ivy. If he is retiring, why would he demand a pay rise since he isn't going to work anymore? He's also been given a cottage and has always been friends with uncle and aunt. So why would he want to expose that secret which seems so terrible? Edward seemed to understand. So he can be ruled out. I hate to admit it, but sometimes you're a tiny bit clever, he told his younger sister. She beamed at him. A whoop of delight made its way around the circle, making everyone forget the late hour and days wasted. Only six suspects left, said Laura after crossing out Butler Blake's Blake's name with obvious satisfaction. Helen, Finley, Adelheit, Claudette, Mum and Dad. Right, let's not get over ourselves, said Kate, reminding everyone that this was a secret meeting and they had to be as quiet as possible. The meeting is not over and we still have plenty of suspects left. Can you read out the notes about Uncle John, please, Laura? Laura nodded and flicked through her notebook until she found what she was looking for. So we've already ruled him out since he wasn't here, and the crime doesn't fit with him since he can't demand the pay rise. But mum and dad can't either, can they? demanded Michael. No, but it could be a cover-up for wanting more money. Look, Michael, we'll talk over this after we talk to them, okay? said Laura, tired of discussions like this, which never led to much, and always left them with a feeling of desperation. Uncle John has lost his keys, and we're 99.9% sure that they were stolen to access Brunhild's room. She looked around and added, This is also a point against Uncle John being the culprit, since he wouldn't have faked losing his keys, and he seems genuinely annoyed at not having them. How does this help us, though? demanded Michael. This just complicates matters. But does it, though? This means we could try asking people if they've seen Uncle John's keys and watch their reaction, suggested Edward. That way, if we have them, we can watch them more carefully to catch them out. Kate pondered that idea for a short instant, then declared, I think that's great thinking. We can ask everyone if they've seen his keys. We can just say Uncle John has sent us to look for them. Laura yawned and asked, Does this conclude our meeting, then? Yeah, no, wait, cried Ivy. We forgot- Well, she seemed rather angry or embarrassed when Uncle John had her fetched all those things. Kate asked, So do you think she would have decided that all that extra work she is doing should be paid more? Yes, I think she's the most obvious suspect, said Ivy as decidedly as she could between yawns. We'll have to think about it tomorrow, but we need proper rest if we are to investigate, Laura told them, and then remembered something. Plus, it's the weekend. We'll have more time. What do you think? She looked around at the circle to find Michael and Edward, who no one had heard in a long time, sleeping, propped up against each other. I think we should sleep, said Kate. Ivy nodded, and as soon as she agreed, she fell into a deep sleep, laying down on the floor, not having the effort of getting into her bed. Not having the urge to wake them up, the elders smiled at each other and imitated their siblings. If someone happened to look through the girls' bedroom door that night, they would have found the five landy children sleeping higgledy-piggledy on the floor for the first time, dreaming dreams that, for once, involved no blackmail, but only affection and support. Thank you for listening, and see you all next time. Bye! Bye.